Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I'm excited for you to see this brand new episode. I want to say thanks to our partners at AKA for giving us such a great place to stay. When we're in town, sometimes we're filming stories for about a week. And I don't love renting a stranger's house. So it's nice to have a full kitchen, a place to spread out and have our pre-production meetings, and have all the luxuries of a hotel, but still have the comforts of home. So you guys got to check them out. Anyway, now let's get into our story. Hey, I'm Mel Robbins. I'm an international best-selling author, and you're watching Behind the Brand with Brian Elliott. Hi everyone, I'm Brian Elliott. Welcome to another edition of Behind the Brand. Today I'm here with best-selling author Mel Robbins. Mel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I usually ask my guests, how'd you get this job? Um, you know, it's funny because I don't consider that I have a job. Having been raised by four generations of small business owners and entrepreneur, I consider myself as the one that creates the jobs. And so, um, how did I get this job? That is a long ass story. Do you really want to hear it? Well, I think I discovered you through your TED Talk. And maybe for the audience that doesn't know you yet, give us a little bit of context in your work, your, you know, what you're all about. Yeah, you know that's the first speech I ever gave. Wow. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I gave this talk, and, and I was asked to give this talk um, literally like a year after the worst period of my life. And from the outside, I think a lot of us make the mistake of we look at people on the outside and we presume that we know exactly what's going on. And most people were kind of looking at my life in the nice house with the, you know, the, the nice husband and things looked like they were pretty good when in fact it was a complete train wreck behind closed doors. We were facing bankruptcy. We were, um, we had a business, a restaurant business that was going under. We had the liens on the house. I mean, no money in the bank to speak of. We had lost just about everything. And I was unemployed at the time too. And Give me some context. What year was this? So this was 2008. And my husband and I found ourselves in a situation that we never thought that we would be in. I mean, I was 41. We had three kids. I thought, you know, you go to college, you go to law school, you're making it happen. Well, ultimately, my husband opened a restaurant business. We put all our money into it and um, it started to go under. And that's right when I lost my first job in the media business. And so life happened. And look, is it the biggest problem in the world? No. Of course not. Like there are much graver problems than facing financial turmoil. However, when it happens to you, it can feel like the world is ending. Well, yeah, and you don't have a lot of time to react to, right? Like you've got all these other commitments and all of a sudden everything comes to a crashing halt. Right, all of us, it, it, it is interesting, you're right, that when the you know what hits the fan in your life, when you look back, you were teetering on disaster for at least a year. And somehow, somehow you avoided it. And then all of a sudden that last toothpick breaks and the bridge comes crashing down. And when it does and you hit bottom, you have no idea how it is that you're going to fix the problem. And so for me, that meant we had lost all of our money. The house was about to be going into bankruptcy. Uh, Chris had one restaurant still open, but wasn't getting paid. Um, the liens had hit the house. I was unemployed. And so of course my husband and I start fighting like crazy. I start reaching for the booze because it's a lot easier to be drunk than it is to actually do the work to fix your life. And, um, I just remember feeling this massive sense of despair and my entire life. And this is probably the long winded answer to the first question that you gave me changed with one five second decision. And now what my job is, is I teach people around the world, the power and the science behind making five second decisions. 
And if you are paying attention, you will start to notice that there's a five second window for all of us. There's a five second window between the moment that your inner wisdom, your instincts, your second brain, your gut, whatever you want to call it, all of that unique power that's in you that comes from your DNA, that comes from your life experiences, that comes from you know, everything that you've learned in your life, situational intelligence, all of that, when it speaks to you and tells you to move, to speak, to take some form of action, you only got five seconds to move before your mind will talk you out of it. Right, and you call it the emergency brake, right? Like Yeah, so what we do is we tend to pull the emergency brake because your mind is designed to do three things. Your mind by design does just three things. It basically regulates your body to keep you alive. It also, uh, when you're sleeping, half of your mind shuts down and the other half catalogs everything that happened to you today so you can have memories. And the third thing that your mind does is it protects your ass. And the main way that it does that is it, it does that by magnifying risk, magnifies any situation or any conversation. And so, you know, what happened for me is I realized as my life was circling the drain and we're facing bankruptcy and Chris is on the couch, that this was not the situation that I wanted. I didn't want my life to, to end in divorce. I didn't want to be in financial ruin. I didn't want to be depressed. I didn't want to be anxious. And here's the, the, the truly screwed up thing. I knew what to do to fix it. See, this is, this is the trap that most of us are in. Most of us know what we could do to change things for the better. And we spend our time and our energy talking ourselves out of doing those things. And the other thing that I convince people of, because this is so true, it's the littlest stuff. The little things make all the difference. And I could, I could spend hours with you explaining the science of confidence and explaining the science of risk and explaining the science behind courage and explaining habit loops and how they get encoded in your brain. You don't need to know any of that because you're not applying for a PhD in psychology. I have done the work and what I know is that true change comes down to five second windows. That moment that you know you need to do something that feels slightly uncomfortable and your resignation, your excuses, your self-doubt start cranking up in your head, you gotta move, you have to move. And so what happened for me is I invented a hack, a brain hack. It's the stupidest thing in the world. And it turns out that it's actually tremendously profound and powerful at a neurological level and at a scientific and a psychological level. When I invented it, I had no clue what I had invented. And it took me about three years from the moment that I invented it to actually realize that, holy shit, I think I've discovered the secret to changing anything. And what was it? So I called it the five second rule because I never intended to talk about it. It was a cheat to beat the alarm clock. Here's how it goes. The alarm rings in the morning. Most of us don't wanna get out of bed, right? But we know we should. So I would go five, four, three, two, one. The moment the alarm rang, five, four, three, two, one, just like NASA, what they do, they count down to launch a rocket ship. And the counting backwards kind of shut my mind off. And then suddenly at one, I would stand up and I would use this every single morning to get out of bed. And nine years later, I still use it every single morning to get out of bed. I think some behavior you can learn and automate, other stuff that you don't like doing, you're gonna always have to push yourself. That's just how it is. And I noticed two things um, as I started to use it. I noticed that that window where I'd be lying in bed and I'd have the knowledge that I should get up, but in my body, I wouldn't feel it. And as I lied in bed, and you can try this tomorrow morning, set your alarm early, earlier than you normally do. 
and watch what happens. The alarm will go off and your mind knows that you said you would get up. Your mind has that wisdom. Your gut has that wisdom. It's, it's holding on to it. And then it starts to kind of nudge you with a little guilt. And then what'll happen is all of a sudden you'll start talking yourself out of doing the, the thing you said you would do. Yeah, it's too cold or I'm too tired right. or... And it happens in less than five seconds. And so what, what I know is that those are two different parts of your brain going at, at, at once. And if you go five, four, three, two, one, you interrupt the habit of self-doubt and the habit of talking yourself out of it and shutting down the part of the brain that actually minimizes your power. And you awaken the part of the brain that is active in functional MRIs when you're trying to change. And so all you need to know to change anything is A, you're never going to feel like it. You're never going to feel ready to start that business. You're never going to feel ready to have that hard conversation. You're never going to feel like getting out of bed. You're never going to feel like it's a good idea to apply for that promotion. We're designed to stay comfortable and safe. So if you know that you're A, never going to feel like it, and B, that no one's coming, it's up to you. You're not a kid anymore. I'm dead serious about this. Yeah. Like most, a lot, so many of you are waiting to be picked by who? Are you making the most of your life? Yeah. And the answer is yes, if you pay attention to what you do in five second windows. Are you the kind of person that when your instincts come alive and they wanna nudge you to go talk to that cute gal across the way or raise your hand in a meeting and share that idea? Are you the kind of person that pushes yourself to step into that or do you pull back? That's the power of a five-second decision because you can't, you can't choose how you feel. You can't. Yeah, maybe you can go and become a Buddhist monk and meditate for four months and get full control of your physiology and yeah, 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 technically you can control how you feel, but you and I can't. We got a job. You got kids you got to raise. You can't, that, that's not possible. So you can do something else. You can actually disregard your feelings. You can become the kind of person that is so in tune with the values that you have and what you actually want that when feelings rise up, you can choose to act however you want, despite them. Even if you're tired, you can still go to the gym. Even if you're annoyed with your spouse, you can still speak in a manner that's loving. Even if you don't feel like doing that hard work, you can still push yourself to do it. Your feelings aren't a choice. Your behavior and your thoughts are always a choice. Yeah, so is this probably in the category of emotional intelligence, yeah? I think it's both emotional intelligence and it is the skill that nobody practices, which is self-monitoring. So the greatest capacity, I believe, in the next 10 years for people, particularly as technology accelerates, is do you have the ability to focus on what matters and do you have control over your thoughts and actions? And so... You know, emotional intelligence, yes. I tend to think about emotional intelligence more about reading other people and kind of understanding who you are and how you are. This, to me, all, took it a step further because I was always a big EQ person and the Emotional Intelligence 2.0 book and loved that stuff, even when my life was in a train wreck. Had no idea how to apply it. And, you know, that's the other thing is that at the end of the day, what's missing for most of us is tools. So, you know, a lot of people that mainline personal development content have been reading about making changes for 10 years, but they don't do it. How did you get out of that train wreck, by the way? The five second rule. So, but you can't take those five seconds to the bank, right? Like, so, oh, yes, you can. so how'd you do it? Like, okay. break it down. What are you going to do? What, what would you do if you had a restaurant that was failing? 
probably figure out how to cut bait or yes. um, sell the assets yes. or pivot or flip it yes. or doing something yes. else. Yes, and all those things require you to have conversations. They require you to have re do research. They require you to walk into a bank. They require you to renegotiate things with your landlord. You have the answers up here. Do you have the courage and the tool to push yourself to do those things that are terrifying? Yeah. That it's easier to tell yourself, oh, that's not going to work, so I, I might as well not even try it. You have yeah, no idea. Yeah. Yes. And so what happened is once I started using it to get out of bed on time, you know, five, four, three, two, one, get up. I started to notice, holy cow, all day long, there are these five second windows where I know what I should be doing. Maybe I should use this stupid thing to take control of my head and push myself to do those things too. And so I went from sleeping in and hitting the snooze alarm three times, four times, five times a day to getting up on time, getting to the gym not having four Manhattans a night, speaking to Chris differently, instead of complaining about the fact that I had lost this television show with Fox, actually picking up the phone and cold calling for auditions, something that I was terrified to do. And slowly but surely, because I was changing myself five seconds at a time, making decisions that scared me, making decisions that I was, I was convinced weren't going to work. I was doing it anyway. I started to change. Yeah. I became the kind of person that stopped thinking about stuff and complaining about stuff. And I became the kind of person that I always had wanted to be the kind of person that makes things happen. I saw myself changing. And what happens is, you know, you can follow anybody's step-by-step-by-step -step -step program. You can, and it might work a lot. Most of them do every diet will work. The problem is we don't go internal first. You cannot change your life unless you go inside first, you figure out who you are, what your own wisdom is telling you to do, and you start to actually believe it and follow it. Because if you don't develop simply the ability to get up when you said you would, to eat what you said you would, to uh, Ex, you know, exercise because you said you would, to talk in a way to your kids that's patient because you said you would, you will never have the self-confidence to succeed in any environment. You won't.